Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, June the 23rd, 2021, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 66, the third paragraph. We turn back to the list. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy C., 12 Traditions, Lindsay W., and readers of the text, Harlan G., Lisa H., and Nancy C. The share ID for Tuesday, June the 22nd, the 7 a.m. meeting, 17197, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 17198. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Lynn. Um, Nancy C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ann Arbor, Michigan. 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so when injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Nancy C. And Lindsay W. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Lynn. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. 
The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Lindsay W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter How It Works on page 66, the third paragraph. We turn back to the list. Harlan G., would you read for us, please? I'd be very happy to, Lynn. Thank you very much, and thanks for your service, and thank you for everybody that makes this meeting possible today, Team Wednesday. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. We turned back to the list for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoings of, wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. Well, 
again, this paragraph is a very, very serious warning and a very, very good direction, very good instruction. We're going to begin the process of looking at that fourth column that we're going to be doing on page 67 in the paragraph that begins with referring to our list again. And this is one of the reasons that I am not a big fan of the sheets. I am a fan of doing it the way they prescribe it, and that is using the columns, looking at the list, the, the list for the inventory. The other way isn't wrong. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but what I see here is the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, that means whether I imagined it or it's real, had the power to actually kill and there are some resentments that I had in my head, just like facts that I have in my head that are 100% incorrect. They are absolutely wrong. And so I looked at these resentments and I said to myself, how do they kill me? Well, the way that they kill me is they raise the toxicity of these emotions. And when that toxicity is raised and I am separated from God by the complete insanity of these resentments, I am going to look at food as a solution to the problem. I am going to start eating food that I normally <clears throat> would not eat if I were not, if, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, if I were not in that resentful state, if I were not scared, if I were not jealous. These emotions the buildup of these emotions has been driving me into the food in search of relief from the pain of feeling these emotions all of my life. But I cannot will these emotions away. I cannot escape on my own. I need God's help. And when we talk about turning things over to God, what we are not talking about is just the thing that says, well, I want to give you this resentment, God. That's great. That's a starting point. But I must take the action. And what is that action? The action is the follow through on this inventory process of four through nine. I must list these things, list why I'm angry, the, uh, excuse me, who, I'm, who or what am I angry at, why I'm angry, the basic instinct or instincts that it involves, my part, if any, did I, what did I, what did I play? What part did I play and what character defects were brought to the surface? I don't have to search for character defects. They're selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. That's it. There are no other character defects involved here. I don't have to have this list of 8,000 character defects. I just have to look at these things and see how they apply and then move on and complete this process of turning this over to God through the inventory process through action. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harlan G. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once, as it does help me to hear everybody. Who would like to share? Madam. Linda Reba P. R. Wanda R. Okay, my thank name you, everybody. I my heard name is two Jeff. people in that. I heard Matt M. 
And I heard Reva P. One R. Janice P. M. R. Reva J. R. Wanda R. Joelle B. Let me tell you who I heard then. Thank you. I have Matt M. Reva P. Janice P. M. Wanda R. Nessa R. And Joelle. So that's our lineup. Let's start with Matt M. Good morning, Matt. Thank you very much, Lynette. My name is Matt M. Good morning, everyone. My name is Matt M. Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. I just want to share, like, I'm working on my, I just finished my fourth step. I did my fifth step yesterday with my sponsor, and uh, it's not easy. I was struggling for so long with the food. I even lost a friend of mine due to my, my toxic behavior due to the food, and I'm very grateful today that I can say that I'm abstinent and it's not easy. It's a struggle every day. But uh, I'm working it one day at a time. I'm even going in for treatment to help with the emotional and the, and, the, and the mental part of it. You know, I'm doing it one day at a time. And I'm very grateful that I have a support network, you know, around me that's helped me through this because, you know, just not too long ago, I was ordering out every day and and, and just miserable. I was miserable, restless, irritable, and discontented. wasn't taking care of myself. I was gaining weight and gaining about 60 pounds in a month, and I have to, I can't do that because I have kidney disease, and if I don't get this weight off, I'll never have any issues. I'll have more issues with my kidneys. So I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm learning to live, 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 live where my feet are at and take each thing as it comes and fit my life into it, not the other way around. So I'm very grateful that I'm here. I'm very grateful back on the meeting. It's been a while since I've been in the meeting, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, madam. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, step four shows me my attitudes and my thinking and how I think about the world and what's blocking me from my higher power. And it was a huge, it was a huge revelation, the first turn the first turn that I made in this program was when I started doing the columns and I moved away from pointing my finger and looking at other people and what they did to me and how it affected me and everything was about me. Um, And when I was asked to look at my mistakes and here we're like transitioning to that fourth column, looking at my um, selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear. And it's going nice and slow, paragraph by paragraph, as I transition. And I'm just so grateful for all those turns, all these turns in the program where I stop pointing the finger out um, and blaming people and circumstances and even God um, for my misery and staying in victimhood. Um, and I start looking at me. Um, and I didn't really like the concept that I, I was the problem, um, but there's such freedom in knowing that the only thing I can change is me. So if I'm the problem, there's sort of you know there's freedom in that. And I love the business of fancied or real. Like I do, I really know what other people are thinking. I get these whole you know stories of what the other person is thinking, and based on that, how I'm feeling and it might be all fancied and imagined. Um, And that is my warped mind. And then I also love this business. You know, how do I escape? I do not will myself out of these defects. 
And step four is just the beginning where I'm identifying and uncovering this stuff. If I don't complete the process and I don't make the next turn in step six and then you know, start doing the amends, if I don't go all the way to the end of step nine, I don't escape and I don't master these things. Um, but I love the reminder, I can't wish it away, I can't will it away, I can't try harder away. Um, it has to come from God by doing the work. It's the action that removes this stuff, not the f- trying to change my thinking. Um, so I love this turn, pointing the finger right back at myself, the only thing that I can change. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Janice PM, it's your turn, followed by Wanda R. Good morning, Janice. And good morning to you and everyone else. This is uh, my name is Janice PM, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Um, yeah, this is this is um, like anything else. I, I can't wish it away, etc. Like we, we were said. So what what is the solution? What do I have to do? How do I do this? Well, the first thing I do and and suggest is to pray and say, you know, God. This is a sick person. As I am a sick person, how can I be helpful to them? God save me from being angry, resentful, um, self-seeking, etc. Thy will be done. That's the only way I can start it out because I know. Now, when that happens and when it happens for me, I start to rethink my own attitude towards it. That's the only way. God comes in and gives me wisdom and to see my role in this because this is my inventory, not theirs. Oh, I could write all about their inventory, but I have to have it come up. Sometimes we don't see ourselves, you know, like uh, God sees us and he, he gives this to me. He gives me this attitude to see where I was self-seeking, where my selfish actions were, um, where I was dishonest, where I was telling myself lies. And, you know, we don't know that they're lies. I think they're real. (laughs) But they're lies. I tell myself, this is selfish thinking, you know, delusional, that this is why they're doing it, blah, blah, blah. No, what's my role? What am I afraid of? The fears that drive these delusions. You know, I might not get my my business that I worked so hard because my father, you know, married again. This is fear. And, and that results in an attitude that's behind these actions. And there's a hundred forms of fear, delusions, and self-seeking, and especially self-pity. And so, you see, I start to rethink the realization, what have I done? How have I done things I resented? In the, in the column too, to the person. And, you know, I realize that, you know, people who wronged us were, were again, spirit, as spiritually sick as I am spiritually sick. So this is, and then, of course, you know, we're going to see how, you know, I still can have, um, I thought I'd pray for resentments to go, and even at the present time, even certain people on, the, on, on this, on this um, phone list, on the on the phone on the meeting, um, you know it comes up. Now, why are they this way? Why are they doing it this way? Why do they have to speak now? They're not, you know, whatever it is. It's uh, and and I can see myself. The poor thing. It's it's got nothing to do with them. It's got 
some, a lot to do with my thinking. And that's where the problem is, how I think, what comes up in me. And I have to pray right, to have it removed. Yes, thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Janice PM. Wanda R., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Hey. Welcome, Wanda. Hey, everybody. God bless you all. I love you all. And uh, thanks for starting us out, uh, uh, you know, um, Harlan. And uh, this is uh, a difficult paragraph uh, to tackle if, if, you, uh, if you think about all the concepts in it. But I'm going to focus on, you know, the people and its world really dominated us, you know. And for me, he never really uses the word control. But I feel I was controlled by other people, by uh, my food, and uh, by, uh, you know, uh, when I was growing up, I mean, I had no freedom. I had an uh, inability uh, also to feel pleasure, uh, especially without the food. And uh, I know that I've been abstinent since 85, and uh, I know I'm still recovering uh, you know, one by the way, but I know that, you know, God is giving me uh, all kinds of blessings and graces, you know, to get me through. And I know that, uh, you know, things are, uh, you know, working themselves out and I can relax. I don't have to be so like, uh, uptight and uh, dominating other people and trying to get my point across, trying to get my two cents in, like it's the last thing I'll ever say in the world, you know. Uh, I mean, I just have to know that uh, God is in charge and uh, I can be grateful, you know, and just meet life on life's terms, live for today. And it does say, you know, we're ready to look at the future, you know, but we don't live in the future, you know. I don't. I try not to, you know. So I'm just uh, looking at my life and, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I have back surgery pain, 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 you know, but, uh, you know, I'm not in a coma, you know, I'm hanging in there and, uh, you know, I'm not eating, you know, I, I've had lots of character defects and resentments, you know, but I, I handle them, uh, you know, by talking about them to my sponsor and, uh, writing about them Thank you. Thank you, Wanda R. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Joelle P. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Vision, for you. Uh, my name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, when I did my step five with my current sponsor, my aim was to prove to her 
that I was right and that I had been very hard done by. You know, I want her, her I wanted her to agree with me, you know, to tell me that the people on my list were despicable people and deserved all my scorn. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, it says here, uh, whether fancied or real, which tells me that it doesn't matter who's right. It doesn't matter if I am right. It doesn't matter if these people uh, on my list were 1% to blame for what happened or 99% to blame um, for what happened. It is totally irrelevant. Um, you know, there's no divine commandment to be right, but I know that God wants me to, um, to be happy, joyous, and free. And right and happy, 99% of the time, I would say, are mutually exclusive. It is impossible to be happy um, and to be right at the same time. I can choose whether I want to be happy or I can choose whether I want to be, I want to be right. And thankfully, I had suffered enough, you know, like food was the great persuader. I, I, I really wanted to, to be happy. And, you know, nothing um, gets me stuck in a resentment more than being entrenched on being right. And what does right get me? Um, moral superiority, um, I don't know, some comfort. Um, I don't know, um, it gets me into the food. It just gets me into the food. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's right. It only matters what I do. You know, what am I going to do about it? And through this uh, process, I get to see how I contributed, even if it's in a minuscule way, it doesn't really matter. It, you know, I, con I, I see how I contributed to my current state of affairs, not to the past events, but to my current state of affairs. And then I can do something about it and I can get stuck. I can get unstuck, I'm sorry, and I can let go. Um, you know, I am so grateful for that gift because I spend... 46 miserable years uh, being right, and I want the rest of my life to be happy, which, you know, so far, nine and a half years into my uh, recovered state, um, I'm pretty happy. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Joelle, it's your turn, and if you could please give us the initial of your last name. Good morning, Joelle. Good morning. This is Joelle B., like boy, from Illinois. And, um, oh, my goodness, uh, anger, jealousy, critical. I had them all. I had them all. Um, um, oppression, depression. And I thank God for this program. I am taking the actions. Never knew I could have freedom from this. I thought I was justified. If I was angry with somebody, that meant that they hurt me or did something wrong against me. And I was very justified and would ta tell my friends, you know, this one did this and this one did that. And they said, oh, yeah, 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 you, you really let them have it. Or, you know, carrying this poison, carrying this poison was killing me. And uh, right now, uh, I never knew I could have freedom from it. And doing the actions are so so important and uh, the steps to get freedom never thought I would be having freedom every day I have something that that um, triggers uh, my uh, pain 
And I, I think of how I was when I was a child, that every time my father did something or somebody did something to me, she would say, have a donut, have a, you know, have ice cream. But this is, I'm an adult now, and this is what I can handle. And I can do this with my higher power. I cannot do it without him. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Joelle B. So for those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. On page 66, the third paragraph, we turn back to the list. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, Lisa J. please step back Sorry. and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once, as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Loretta Marcia H. Lisa J. Carmela G. Jean S. Linda D. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, please. Loretta H., Lisa J., Carmela G., Jean S., and Linda D. I know I missed some people. Who had spoken up, please? Marcia D. Okay, there's our lineup for this time. We have was, Loretta was that H., possibly? Lisa J., Carmela G., Jean S., Linda D., and Marsha D. And there was also somebody else there at the end. Did you possibly hear Lisa J.R.? Yes, I got you. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, so we're going to start off with Loretta H., followed by Lisa J.R. Please go ahead, Loretta. Press star one to unmute, please, Loretta. Good morning. Yes, sorry, I was unmuting and muting. Good morning, Lynn, and thank you for your service and everybody who does service on this wonderful Saving My Life meeting. This is Loretta H., compulsive overeater, recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, the word people that dominate us, the word kill, and then um, the master. So when I was eating food with my master. I was eating at people, eat, actually eating myself because I also suffer from anorexia. And somebody mentioned the word, if you put last week, and I thought it was so brilliant, the word danger in front of anger, or the word, the D, the D in front of anger, that that would actually alert me to what is going on, that I don't, as a compulsive overeater, have the luxury of anger. I can have feelings, but anger actually is um, an addiction for me, like especially when it comes to rage. So I, have, I don't have that luxury. It's the luxury of dubious men. So today, because of that, I know that I have this spiritual malady. 
And I have to do the work looking at myself, not at everybody else who I feel as though did wrongs to me, but looking at, like somebody said, the, the five things, resentment, dishonesty, fear, self-seeking, and it's usually self-seeking fear, and my selfishness. And then look at how I have started ball rolling. Even though there were times that I might have been harmed, I actually set the ball rolling. And it's interesting because I used to have a job for 35 years, and it was um, you. It, it they had turnarounds, and everybody wanted a turnaround because um, you would go out one morning and come back home at night. And I kind of look at that when I'm doing my fourth and uh, ten steps is that that turnaround gets me home to God. And that's what everybody wants. That's what I want. So um, with, you know, this program, I get to turn and then God helps me, you know, because I couldn't fly in that airplane by myself. He got me home. So today I know that he has wings with my working this turnaround with the um, sickness, you know, the sick man's prayer and the fear prayer and all. There's many prayers for each step that I do in this practice that actually gets me home. And last night before I went to bed, or not before I went to bed, before I was going to do my 11th step, on the news comes this new drug that's an injectable drug that actually supposedly arrests time weight. Yeah. So anyway, I just had to laugh because I have a spiritual malady and nothing's going to arrest my eating disorder. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. Lisa J.R., it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Lynn, and my apologies if I was speaking while you were finishing up your your stick. Um, good morning, all visionaries. I'm Lisa J.R. from Baltimore, Maryland. Very grateful to be here this morning. Um, if there was a foundation for my character defects, it was definitely... It was definitely my magical thinking, my magical magnifying mind, and my obsessive thinking, and my my fancied or real, my fancied, my fantasy thinking. So I could whip anything up into a wrongdoing. And there was definitely a blessing to me that there was no giant square next to each Uh, third column, you know, my security, you know, I didn't have to write anything out. I just had to acknowledge that it was jacked with or my self-esteem because those were the things that whipped me up into these fancied resentments. Yeah, people did me dirty, but usually I, uh, you know, catastrophized a little bit you know, it got it got me whipped up into being able to get the green life light to self-seek and to go at people and to retaliate. Um, so I was a mess when I came here. And I certainly hated the, the fake it till you make it, act as if until. I hated those slogans because they implied phoniness. But I've come to learn how how important they really are because they were the only things that got me through. I got to thinking, gee, if I if I wanted to run a 5K and I was just starting to run, in a sense, 
even if I'm going a quarter of a mile, I'm practicing. I'm faking that I'm a runner. I am faking it till I can run that distance. I am training. So that's what we do here. We just do the best we can uh, with what we've got and God and trust God and God un- unveils everything um, for us. And it's such a blessing to be here because, you know, I've become honest. I've become, I've put down that um, magnifying glass, that magical magnifying glass, and I picked up a mirror. And don't you know, I I don't get angry. I don't hold grudges. I don't excoriate people with my forked tongue. You know, it's it's a different way of living. So I I you know, bottles are a symbol. Cupcakes are just a symbol. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Lisa Jr. Carmela G. It's your turn, followed by Jean S. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you all for being on the line, um, for those who shared, and for those who are listening. My name is Carmela G., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today from New York. Um, I didn't think I had anything to share on this, especially when Holland began with such a beautiful opening but it caused so many thoughts when I was reflecting on the reading and on the shares. It brought me back. It brought me back to the time when I was in disease and I was initially working this step and realized that I lived six decades of dishonesty and never thought it. And I lived as I were God, and God was my servant. And when you're God and you're dishonest, you don't do a really good job. And what happened was the job I was doing was causing so many frustrations, so many fears, so much anger. The anger I had at so many was guttural. I could feel it boiling over. And I had those resentments because you weren't giving me what I needed. But these steps, when I reduced it all to paper and when I went into my heart and truly opened up and realized how I was living, and how I was taking free will from everyone and making it my will. And God gave me free will, and I enjoyed it, and yet I didn't want anyone else to have it. That's a sick person. But living in these steps today, the joy that I can appreciate everyone's free will and the reality that I am not God, because I am an imperfect being, but I surely am loved by a perfect being, and that is God. And I'm so grateful that this journey has brought me to that realization 
and living honestly in the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela G. Jean S., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Welcome, Jean. Hello. I think you can hear me. My name is Jean S. Like Sam from Utah. And I am working, I'm new, and I am working my fourth step now, putting pen to paper since yesterday. Not an easy process. Definitely brings up a lot of things. Can't necessarily um, list what that does. It feels much like a jumble. Uh, kind of surprising. <laughs> I'm a little nervous too. Um, I couldn't even sleep last night. And though I know I could have called my sponsor or others who are supportive, um, I decided to pray and meditate. And when that happened, I um, got the awareness that this jumble of feelings um, uh, would would have sent me back in the food, true. (laughs) Nothing would have tasted better than some M&Ms or almonds. And by the grace of God, I'm not going to do that. And I was grateful for that. And I felt like my body was taxed and the godly awareness came, well, then move it. And I began to stretch. And I'm not really a yoga person, but I um, just got on the floor and and also got upright and just stretched my body. And, and that was a gift, a gift to um, feel divinely inspired to do that enough to lay myself down and to fall back to sleep. So I am grateful that God is part of that that is what this program is, God, and that I can turn to him. And uh, with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. And Linda D, it's your turn, followed by Marsha D. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Lynn. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Appreciate your service. I'm so grateful to be with you all. You are my beloved family. You're not my only family, but you are my very special beloved family. The word that jumps out at me today is the word kill. I don't have a choice today or any day to ignore that word. Because I have a disease. I don't have infinite, um, in my experience, I don't have the infinite um, relapses and coming out of them to, uh, I don't have that. There aren't any guarantees about any of them, and I certainly have experienced a lot. And now, uh, through entirely, through the grace of God and with your help and with footwork, Uh, I have some time, quite a bit, but then there's today. So what was said at the beginning of the meeting, 
I can add to by this. I have to do this work. I want to do this work. I was an atheist. I found God, my understanding. And it blows me away. It thrills me every day that this presence is in my life. And I have to cling to this presence. And I do all day long. And these steps teach me, have taught me how to do that. Do I ever get scared? Yes. I have to walk through fears. And we know from what we've heard in the past readings that I have a nervous disposition. That's right in the beginning of the book. It's a big task. It's a doable task. Please do it because it really works and it's magnificent. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And Marsha D., it's your turn. Welcome, Marsha. Well, good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Marsha D., and I am happy to say, by God's grace and grace only, I am recovered. And that's the first time I've been able to say that on this line. And I just want to thank my beautiful sponsor for guiding me through the steps. And I know my work's just begun, but I just want to express that gratitude. So as I look back to the list, the word that stands out to me is for it held the key to the future. Wow. Who the heck knew I needed to do all that? Um, I just had people in my life that drove me nuts. You know, I just want you to listen to my story. I just want to get it out. You just got to sit and validate me, right? No, I needed to look at me. Darn it. You know, what was my part? What is my part? How do I seek to escape? How do I hurt? How do I try to master? Looking at resentments, looking at fears, using the inventories, and now understanding how to do that on a daily basis is saving my life. I was in a relapse for four years, very sick. I wasn't new to OA. I had come into OA as a thin college student back in the 80s, and I thought it was all about the food. But all of you taught me that it's not about the food. It's about my thinking. It's about my behaviors. It's about my part in the puzzle the puzzle of life. So I'm nervous as I speak. I've been nervous for eight weeks that I was able to go through the steps and um, become abstinent by God's grace. But that nervousness has propelled me to do this work. And I just pray that I will continue to do this work. And I want to thank everyone on the line because many of you played a part and continue to. So I know I can't wish this stuff away. And you know what? Today I don't want to because this stuff is drawing me closer to God. I was a sick man, and now he's restoring me. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Marsha D. We have time for two or three more shares. Who would like that time? Heidi L. from Toronto. Becca R. Donna N. Okay, that's great. I have Heidi L., Becca R., and Donna M. Good morning, Heidi. Hello, this is Heidi calling from Toronto. Recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, just really struck by the fact that if I'm angry, um, I just, I, 
I can't afford it. And there's a lot going on in my life, and I'm handling it. Tonight, I write a little letter to God, and I feel like God responds. And I know for sure that I am being carried. And I also know that I'm, I sometimes on this line choose not to, or just like sort of don't ask for my place. And I realize that I need to sometimes just say, hi, here I am. This is Heidi. I'm taking my place in this meeting. I'm grateful to all you. I love checking how many people are on the line. And the last time I checked, there was like 370 people. That's a lot of people that I'm speaking to right now in this wonderful program, and I'm just grateful to all of us to be part of this program. Heidi, you're breaking up. Heidi, we can't hear you. I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi L. Becca R., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Becca. Hi, this is Becca R. from Chicago. I wanted to just say... um, that I introduced myself as a newcomer earlier this week, and I got this, like, incredible outpouring of calls and texts. It was so amazing. So um, I just wanted to take the moment to say thank you and say, you know, I've been here listening um, for a couple months, uh, and it's just, it's been wonderful. And, you know, the idea that there's so many people on the call is a little intimidating, um, but I thought I should open my mouth and just express my gratitude Um for all the wisdom that I've heard uh, and experienced strength and hope here, it's pretty incredible. So um, I hope it's okay to uh, take up time to say that, but I just, I appreciate all of you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Becca R. Donna M., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Donna. Hi, I'm Donna M. from Toronto, Canada, and grateful for the opportunity to speak on the line today. What I wanted to speak about, um, talk on, was the part that said, fancied or real. So for me, when I do my inventories um, and there is a resentment, oftentimes I see that my dishonesty is that I'm jumping to conclusions um, that are not based on on fact. Um, but sometimes it's also, well, most of the time, all of the time probably, it's that I, I'm, I'm dishonest because I, I'm thinking that people have to do, follow my script in order for me to be happy. And so fancy or really, it really doesn't matter um, whether I have whether it's real or not, I, I, I need to let that go. And I can only let it go through um, the inventory process. And I'm grateful for that, to be on that journey and to do this. Thank you. I'm Thank finished. you, Donna M. All right, we still have time for, let's say, one more share. Who would like that time, please? Kim A. Okay, Kim, please go ahead. Thank you. This is Kim A. from New York. And step four always gets this bad rap, right? Because a lot of times we feel like it's this huge emotional overhauling 
where, you know, we end up judging ourselves and feeling bad about things we've done. And that is not at all the intent of of step four. I mean, the intent of step four is to see how our attitudes and our outlooks have often set up these situations where we end up resenting people or, you know, institutions, whatever it is. And the whole reason that it it gives us this key to the future is because step five is where our sponsor helps us see the truth. They help us see our dishonesty, our selfishness, because the truth is, you know, my sponsor's always telling me whenever I have a problem with anybody, I'm the problem. And that's not to say that everybody's always doing the right thing and that nobody's ever in the wrong. Um, But when it comes to resentment, it's about holding on to things that people do. So I don't have to like the way people behave, and that's why we have the sick man's prayer, because, you know, sometimes we don't contribute to a situation. We may be truly wronged, but what's our part in the actual resentment? Not always our part in the situation, but our part in the resentment. And when we're able to see things in this, kind of through this different lens that a lot of it's on us, then we're able to ask God to remove all of these defects and all of these attitudes that cause us to be resentful or fearful or, you know, do harms to people. And as we go through the steps and then we become humble and we make amends, when it comes to steps 10 through 12, we're continuing to grow because we're able to see, you know, step four is the past, and that's really helpful. But steps 10 through 12 is the present, and it's showing us how we're continuing to make mistakes and act out in our defects at times because otherwise we'd be cured. We wouldn't need steps 10 through 12 if we never did that anymore. So this is the key to our future. This can show us where our attitudes and our outlooks have been the problem. And as we have this psychic change, which is really just a personality change that comes about from working the steps, we don't have to live that way anymore. And with God's help, you know, we will instead live a life of seen and happy usefulness, as they say. So this is Kim A. in New York. Thanks for letting me share. Okay. Thank you, Kim A. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, June the 23rd, the 7 a.m. meeting is 17207. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lisa H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Lynn. Lisa H. here, recovered in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.